0: And we are recording. Episode 2, bro. Yep, episode 2. About a month later. Yeah.
1: Has it? I think so. I think it's been about a month, for sure. I can pull up the analytics on the computer, hey, but pull, we're not. Hey, pull up the analytics. Uh, yeah, actually, let's do that. It's a kind of fun story. So, for our Nick and Derek versus the Apocalypse listeners, just so you know, we got some new fun facts about the show. Since our debut episode <laughs> of, uh, I would call it our debut episode, we have a total of four new listeners. I wouldn't really call them listeners per se, listeners would be like fans of the show per- that perusers? kind of- Perusers, perusers maybe? Perusers would be a more accurate word <laughs> to kind of talk about our fans. We have four total new listens, which is a whole lot more than what I was expecting. And hey, and the kicker, though, <laughs> the, kicker. the kicker is I think you always all listen to us for a total of four minutes out of our hour and a half, <laughs> maybe two hour conversation. So, <laughs> so thanks, guys. And the goal, Hopefully, we keep you guys a little more entertained this time around. Yeah, the, go, the goal is yeah. five minutes this time. Yeah, the goal is new five minutes. But to stop mocking our listeners at the moment any further, uh, w- getting on more topic of. Apocalypse related, Nick, since the Christmas um, uh, vacation that we took, has a fun little story to share about his travels to Tennessee, right? Yep. So, fun fact,
0: uh, my family and I (coughs) went to go visit my sister in Nashville, Tennessee, and I took my three, almost four-year-old, and my two-year-old as of November which already was going to be a challenge and I knew was going to be a challenge but decided hey let's fly on an airplane and let's go see my sister out of state and disrupt their entire lives and like let's try to have a good time Yeah. so it started with a plane ride, well I take that back we had to fly out of LAX because flying out of Fresno or the Central Valley of California uh, was pretty expensive as it got closer to the date. So we said, okay, we obviously are much more likely to have an affordable flight out of LA. So we'll suck up the drive, which is about three and a half hours from my house.
1: Yeah, not too
0: and bad. And we'll fly out of LA. So we left early enough to get there in time. Ended up being pretty early. So we sat in the airport for about three hours which was already a long Which is going to be great to keep a
1: four-year-old totally. with her mask on in the totally. airport the entire time. Totally,
0: <laughs> which was a challenge in and of itself. And then once we got on the plane, to my daughter's credit, both of them did pretty well, except for my youngest at 40,000 feet down to landing, entire descent.
1: Is she couldn't equal out her ears? Equal out I don't ears? know if that's yeah. what
0: it was or not, but she screamed her head
1: off. I couldn't equalize her ears for 30 straight minutes
0: on descent. And I mean, unconsolably. So that's essentially the start of the trip, right? We're those people on the plane with our toddler screaming her head off. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I being mortified, like we don't know how to, to, to calm her down. We can't offer her anything to console her. So that was kind of a fun start to the trip. And feeling like, man, this is how well the trip's going from like landing in Nashville. Like it's going to be a rough week. So we then checked in to our Airbnb a little bit later that night. I think we settled into the Airbnb probably about midnight, 1130 midnight, based on the flight time, rental car, Airbnb, settling in. It's call it midnight. Yeah. And about three in the morning tennessee time i get a crazy alert on my phone that says tornado warning and it's the same siren sound as like the amber alert yeah so that kind of that emergency iphone buzz that we all get the emergency the emergency yeah so the emergency iphone buzz with that really kind of crazy sound and it wasn't Two minutes later that we got the actual tornado sirens going off around town. They kind of, and truthfully, like apocalyptic sounding, yeah. like that blaring roar. sound, right? And so I, I, you know, kind of jump out of bed as I'm kind of half asleep looking at my phone. We're tired. We're exhausted. And, and then the sirens go off and it's this really kind of eerie feeling of like, I don't know, how serious do I take this, right? Yeah. So I call my sister, who we hadn't really talked to yet, and I said, hey, like, how serious should we be taking this? And she's like, I would honestly try to find uh, the bedroom, and in this case, we had a two-story kind of townhouse that we rented. She's like, I'd find the bedroom or a room downstairs with no windows, like, and take it seriously. So I said, okay. So kind of pacing window to window a little bit just to kind of get a feel for how are things looking outside. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, like pretty quiet to like really strong rain and really heavy winds coming through. And so it was like, yep. And I run upstairs, pluck my daughter out of the bed. My wife grabs my youngest and we go downstairs. We were with my parents and my parents are now down. And so we're in the middle, this little teeny bathroom probably 10 square feet all of us in the bathroom going okay I guess we're just sticking it out yeah and we ended up only being in there for about 15-20 minutes before kind of peeking out and seeing kind of is it safe you know can we can we afford to be out and I actually had found on YouTube a guy that was live kind of reading the weather pattern um, kind of severe storm YouTube And he ended up saying and kind of being current with the local kind of weather, uh, I guess, tornado warnings and such. And he was being kind of current with, okay, warnings are being lifted, warnings are being lifted, et cetera. (laughs) And all in all, we were missed by probably quite a few miles um, where we were at. But my sister has people um, in the area that she's now kind of become friends with as she's lived out in that area that have had family members that were affected by the main storm, which kind of came through the Kentucky area. Yeah. Um, some of which were only a mile away from the main storm. Some were, were leveled by that main tornado or tornadoes in the area. Um, and so it was a pretty crazy experience. I mean, it started off not good in general and kind of this mortified experience of like landing to like start our vacation into like dude we're like in a tornado warning yeah. like a legit tornado and from what the aftermath has shown from that storm you know kind of record storm system um, so it was a pretty crazy yeah. experience
1: I was I was honestly when you went wrong and you told me that you were actually there when the tornadoes were blowing through i knew you'd left the state i didn't i didn't know like that you were actually connected to it until you got back i think but i was actually kind of thrilled because like well you're you made it fine but you'd actually have an actual good story to kind of share on the podcast because we didn't call this nick and Derek versus the apocalypse so one thing i wanted to bring up and actually kind of like use you like when I go through emergency scenarios, we're never, pre- no one's ever prepared for it. So you can only take the learning actions after. So now you have to kind of like think, think now, like what are some after-action things that you could do differently if you were thinking of trying to get be more prepared for another disaster, like weather disaster, to happen the next time you travel or. In general, because I mean, that's this wild. No one goes like, Hey, I'm gonna go visit family for the holidays, and I'm prepared for a tornado. I'm gonna bring my wife and kids, and guess what? I'm in a new state, and now we have a tornado to worry about. No one that's a wild experience, but what are some things that you might think differently to bring with you going out of state to better protect your kids? Thinking of about like,
0: I think a big one, and I I guess it would be an interesting item to possibly figure out getting through uh, TSA or kind of through the airport, but I would think possibly like a first aid kit, like a solid first aid kit Mm -hmm. in the event that, you know, there had been actual destruction, uh, I would have had no way truthfully to, to help or potentially help um, any of my family members that may have been hurt in any sort of damage. Yeah. Um, Being that we are out of state, I think context is important Mm -hmm. in that I can only prepare-ish so much. And, you know, like you were saying, like, I'm bringing my family. I'm bringing – I'm going to go on vacation. I'm like, oh, let me also bring my 25-day food supply. Like, obviously, I'm not – You're restricted
1: to a – Carryable TSA bag that's totally. going to fit in our luggage. Totally. So actually, yeah, a medical kit is actually, I would say, is pretty good.
0: So if I'm going to check bags, we originally had carry-on and then we checked bags kind of at the gate. So it kind of was like, a, hey, free checking. And it just kind of went under the plane so I didn't have to mess with overhead compartments and all that. So that was kind of just a, a last-minute thing for us to do on the, on the airline's dime. Yeah. Instead of paying the 30 bucks, but maybe being, maybe planning for checking from the beginning Mm. so that I could then be able to just check the first aid kit because there may be, small tools in there. There may be, you know what I mean? There may be some sort of apparatus that the TSA monitor says, nope, you can't bring this. And then they go through my bags and they chuck all of it in the garbage. Yeah. So maybe planning on doing like a an actual checking of the bags so that it just goes on the plane and lands. And then that way I can have that full setup as opposed to risking it in TSA and not knowing. Mm-hmm. But I'd say maybe a first aid kit would be first kind of a solid... And anything else is kind of hard to say because it's, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. That it's hard to kind of prepare for that. So if anything, something to be able to take care of some potential injury. Yeah. You know, might've been pretty solid to have, but I had nothing and I felt pretty, I felt pretty, um, out of my element. Yeah. Because... Although those sirens might be common enough to, to have a, a, you know, a, a PA system to be able to broadcast them. For me, it was like, I've never heard those sirens before. So is this weird? Like, do I take it seriously? Is this just precaution? Is it because they only play them when it's a real threat? You know, the spectrum, where am I on the spectrum? So that's why I called my sister and said, what do I do? And she said, I'd find the room. I'd go. Yeah. And then let it play out. So, kind of weird. Probably bring a first aid kit. Probably. Would you bring a firearm?
1: Maybe? No?
0: I think for future reference, I probably would check a firearm also. I happened on the way back from Tennessee, I watched a law enforcement officer who just happened to be in the line in front of me um, open his suitcase to basically... I guess, prove Mm -hmm. or, or verify that the firearm was separate from his ammunition. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool because he opened up his case and, and he had his, his handgun in there. He had his badge in there. He had a couple magazines in there and then the ammo just was wherever it was. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, but he had to verify that too. Everything was
1: all separate.
0: So when he opened his bag and then he opens this separate handgun case it was like, oh, dang, that guy's totally checking his, his handgun. And I, I forget that that you can bring firearms across state line
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, as long as you're following kind of that their, process. Their
1: transfer over procedures. Their, their,
0: their transfer procedures. Um, and then to know that, yeah, in the event of, um, you know, kind of a worst case scenario. It's, it's something I've I mean, never really
1: looked into, but I've, I've yeah. often heard people doing it. it. It seems like a lot of work. So that's one of those things where just like, oh. Yeah, just not bring it. But but then, to, but then to know
0: that like you can totally take that and you can go with your family member and you can go fire at a range and like you can you can do all of those things still yeah. even though you're just in a, a, another state. So I think that'd be a pretty good one to be able to bring a, a firearm, but go through that kind of checked process and then kind of pair that with with the first aid kit as yes. just kind of. In the event of something's going down, I've got a way to treat, and I've got a way to protect.
1: One thing I've been trying to think about as we like, as we kind of talk and discuss and think about preparedness and different elements of preparedness, I've been trying to stay on the on the element of keeping things as easy as possible. So, when it comes to first aid kits. I, I try to focus – like for me, I, I, I treat the more – I try to focus my kits on the the most extreme stuff, which is loss of bleeding, breathing, and stuff like that, the main the main trauma stuff. If you just got a, a stubbed toe or you sprained an ankle or things like that, you can wrap those up, but it's non, non-critical stuff. Mm. Um, so my truck first aid kit just has – essentially almost gunshot wound kind of trauma kit, stuff like that. If you were in a car accident and you had bleeding issues like that, that can be be helped. And I've actually pulled out my med kit to help people along the road for instances. And I just set it up the one time of everything I need, thought I needed for um, uh, treating those those kind of things. And I just left in the truck. And so that's my easy setup. I just set it up once, Get everything I think I thought I need and just leave it there, right? So that's always there. But one time, uh, jumper cables is another thing. You're like, why waste money on jumper cables? If I can call AAA. Just have them <laughs> just because you never know. Why do you have to always – why does everything have to be a phone call away? I think we rely too much on cell phones to be our constant save-all. It's a great technology and a great asset, but we want to be more prepared. Of like, okay, keep it in-house if we need to and keep it in-house where we can handle stuff. Um, Do you know how to read an atlas? A navigational atlas and stuff? Or like a map? Yeah, I know how to read a map. Generalized. Yeah. Yeah. Like you talking about
0: relying on our phones, I guess in the event, say, specific context of had that tornado come through and thankfully my family and I were still safe and Mm -hmm. had been uninjured... But what if all communication went down, right? That's, yeah, that's right? going to be a wild one, yeah. Okay. So I have I have no phone. I have no electronics. I have no way of going, man, how do I get from here to here? Even if it's just your basic highway travel, mm-hmm. right, that maybe is still intact and we can, you know, go to the store. We can do this thing to be able to go and get food or whatever it is, Um Would anyone know how to get there? Yeah. Right? Because it's really easy. I know I relied very heavily on my trip to say, oh, my sister's located at such and such address. Let me type it in, boop, 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 and go and let my phone and or the navigation in the car tell me how to get there. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, when's the last time I pulled a map out and said, dude, let me look at this map and let me like get my bearings around the way the highways are set up and the way that. You know, directionally, I found myself in in Nashville, not really, like really, kind of having like an equilibrium issue of like I don't really know which way feels north anymore.
1: That's that's here, the hard part of traveling. Especially here, when you land at nighttime, you don't you don't have that frame of reference yeah. where north so is. So like here so for a little bit, you do totally. Get weird,
0: and so like weird. here at home, it's really easy because we understand the way that all of our major highways run. To say, hey, I understand that this is north and south. I understand that this runs east and west. I understand, based on these kind just of living big, in that environment. yeah, this big, these kind of major parameters, these kind of foundational kind of the mountain
1: ranges or the something, the mountain like
0: ranges, etc. That like I can go down any street and know that I'm going north, south, east or west, and it, and and just over time, you just kind of default to understanding and, and having a sense of that direction, whereas like there. I didn't have that at all. Uh, we said several times, like, I don't even know what direction I'm going. Mm-hmm. I know my phone's telling me to get on the 65, but other than getting on the 65. Yeah, if like got it, If
1: you landed at nighttime, you have no reference. I have, reference no, I have
0: no idea. So, so to me, just as you're talking about, like, uh, we're kind of a phone call away. Or we're always just a phone call away from help, or from a resource. It's a phone. great
1: benefit technologically and civilian-wise, but we still, we still need to remind ourselves to be, like oh lord. I would sufficient? say more, more, sufficient, more, more self- sufficient self- and not relying on it. Your car breaks down, try to fix it yourself on the road, right? Don't do so. Uh, I mean, I can't really say much because last time my truck broke down I was very quickly on my phone trying to figure out it was 4 o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how I can get some assistance because when I looked at my, my map in the fog I was literally 10 to 15 miles away from any town and I'm like okay well do I walk it? What's the, what's the cost benefit of attempting that or should I wait it out? bunch of different options you can do but that's cool. Yeah, that's, I've, I've traveled so much in my time, in my career, and one thing I've never had to worry about is when I, right when I get there, have to worry about some kind of crazy weather incident that, where you're just still trying to figure out just the lay of the land of what there is to do, whether it's fun, food, entertainment, all kinds of stuff, entertaining your kids, and now here you are, boom, tornado, and kids are involved. How'd your kids respond? Uh, were
0: they curious, I th- scared? I think my kids were more it's three o'clock in the morning. We're tired. And we're tired and we're cranky. Um I found myself truthfully getting a little frustrated that like I'm trying to to make sure that we are safe ish. And so I did pop out of our safe space very quickly to to try to get a glimpse of what might be happening does it seem like the weather's dying down does it seem like it's still kind of you know because when when you have no other context of anything else is going on then it's really difficult to know like are we just in here how long are we supposed to be in here or is Start this something curious, yeah or is there something you know, Or was this never even going to come our direction and we're here in the bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning not doing anything and we're going to be here indefinitely? So I popped out a couple times right, to be able to kind of try to get a little bit of a sense of what's going on. And as I'm stepping out of the bathroom, I have my 2-year-old losing her mind and having a meltdown because it's 3 o'clock in the morning, which doesn't help the dynamic of the already like, I don't know what's going on. So how... But I also don't really need to have your, um. I don't know. What's the word like?
1: Did you ever feel like you needed to like? Would would have it been beneficial for them to know that what you're worried about via like the tornado? I or would do you say think it would have been lost in, in translation that they would have had no I, recollection, yeah, and concept w- of what was actually. I
0: going would think on? it'd be that they don't really know what that means. Uh, My almost four-year-old is very smart. You know, she's very, very smart. And my toddler, my two-year-old, technically, she's, she's pretty smart too. But I don't think in a real way they would understand what I'm even saying or like what a tornado really is and the severity of what this could do in the event that we were actually a part of its destruction path. Yeah. Um, so I think it probably would have been lost in translation and there wouldn't have been a real understanding of kind of what that even really is. Um, but I think it was more so it's three o'clock in the morning. They were woken up out of a dead sleep. You know, we tried to console them with a little bit of snacks, milk, you know, like a cup of milk to like keep their mind at ease. And that's kind of a safety blanket or a, or a comfort for them to be able to sip on a cup of milk or whatever. How'd your wife do? Is she
1: stressed uh, out about it or not? Not
0: really. I think she was fine. I think she just was more like, When can I go back to bed? You know, <laughs> and i and I was the same way. Like, as soon as I kind of landed on like I think that we're in a place of safety, I think that the storm system is moving away from where we are, if not avoiding us altogether that it really kind of became like I couldn't go back to sleep fast enough just because of the exhaustion of travel. You know, it wasn't this like now I'm on high alert and now I just like can't sleep because of the adrenaline. It was like okay, we're kind of in here, we're in the bathroom, we're just hanging out. Okay, looks like the weather's dying down like like couldn't wait to go back to sleep. And then like recap I guess the next, you know, the next morning cuz yeah. it's like you're just exhausted, man. It's a long, long day, <laughs> and then capped off with like, oh, by the way, we almost got sucked off by a tornado, so that's cool.
1: And then you came back to California and their mask mandates. Yeah, and
0: then fun. I came back to, <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, if you're indoors, uh, you have to put a mask on. And that was one of the things in in Nashville that uh, was refreshing, to be honest, Being because apart, it's a different culture. It's yeah, different I mean, I mean,
1: out of our bubble.
0: Yeah, because California, I mean, is obviously on the
1: stricter side of, if not the strictest. I we, think we are the trend centers when there's all centers. these mandates that are going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we are, but I also think that Oregon and Washington have got their fair share of being pretty out there on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, So I'd say we're kind of in unison, but maybe influenced by each other at times. And, and so being over there, it was kind of an interesting, like there was, there were people for sure that still had a mask on, but I would say the, the percentage of people that did to didn't was like 5% yeah. of people to 95% and, you know, maybe extreme 10 to 90% but it was very low and when people did have them on you know it i mean it was like why do you even have that thing on yeah it it almost felt like what why are you what's the point you know of of even doing what you're doing yeah um and so is that a, is that fear is it fear based right is it um is it i mean it could be a million different things but it was it was just an interesting like We went out to uh, Broadway, which is the kind of main kind of street of Nashville where all the honky tonks are, where all the live music's going on. And and it's a good time. Right. And and we made a point because we've been several times and that's kind of like a fun thing. My wife and I, we love live music. So it was the one thing of like, hey, mom and dad, watch the kids. Like we're going to go out for a couple hours once they're down. We want to go
1: experience go restaurants and all the want, live we music. We want to go to the bars. We want to check out the live music. We want to do that whole thing. Is there a, a big old mix of everything or just mostly? Because um, Nashville's always been famous for country.
0: Yeah. So to be honest, a couple places that we went into, it was a couple country. I love country music, to be honest. So that's my jam. Um, but it we settled in, ironically, to Kid Rock's like three-story bar mm. rep, like venue and it was like a rock band and, and it was like a girl vocalist with who was super good and then they had like a like a fiddle player but it was like an electric fiddle so it, it was shaped like a flying V guitar and the guy could like shred on that thing <laughs> um, and like they did a couple like country jams or or kind of folky like I think it's Devil Goes Down to Georgia or whatever that song is and um,
1: I think my favorite version of that one is that internet sensational where that broken dryer is going off in the background. I don't know if I've seen it. You've never seen that one? Oh my God, it's such a good It's just someone's at their apartment or house and they just have a dryer and it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's rotation. Totally. And the guy's like. All right, and he just starts saying The devil went down right (laughs) Right on the rhythm, and just in the background you could hear the, yeah, the percussion portion played by someone's broken ass dryer. Dryer.
0: (laughs) Well, and it was cool because they played like uh, they to hype the crowd up. They did like, uh, hey, for every twenty dollar bill, we'll increase the tempo. We'll play it faster. And it was basically like, if we can get to a hundred bucks or whatever from people, I mean, it was like crazy fast. And the guy was like the, his chops on the, on the violin were just crazy. Um, and so we ended up spending the bulk of the time actually in this like more rock driven venue, which wasn't necessarily the plan, but that's just where we ended up. But when you're in these honky tonks and stuff, like nobody has a mask on, nobody cares. And like I've even heard, I didn't necessarily have that conversation with, uh, with anyone, kind of when we were there. But it, it it strikes me as the kind of place which I have heard exists outside of California, where people will ask things like, "Are you guys even still talking about COVID anymore?" <laughs> like because literally, other than yes, there was a couple people wearing masks here and there, not a single person made any sort of reference to or need to act differently because of or walking into their local establishment whether that be a shop or a bar or a restaurant or a venue or the local little adventure place for the kids or whatever like not a single person is like Living within the parameters that we're living within in California—that's
1: actually a good question. Because we, like, we were talking about it right before we started recording. You, we were talking about like a couple months back when uh, I think discussions with like uh, your wife's religious exemption getting denied and stuff like that. It it feels like COVID comes back in waves here in California, right? Mm -hmm. When we get that six mark where we we thought we kind of passed, you know, we made a, we made a, got past something that was going to be a problem. We just bring it right back because there was that moment where us with our company, we thought like, are we going to get fired for not being vaccinated and being so against it? And then, it stopped being a big deal for like two for after about two weeks. We stopped having those conversations. We've started getting like, okay,
0: yeah, it feels a little I, bit more relaxed. I
1: just, it's relaxed. I just test once a week, not that big a deal. And then, boom, California mask mandates. So I'm like, okay, well, now I have to worry about the cashier at the local uh, gas station said or whatever now correcting me, or now I have to go through the. Long list of stores that I'm now going to work past and not go to anymore.
0: Not for patronize. Just, yeah,
1: not patronize these stores anymore for enforcing these things. Like, why do we keep everyone? I think a majority of people want to move past it, but I don't understand why it keeps coming back. And it's it's weird how it's out of our power.
0: Well, I think what's <laughs> I think the the interesting part for me is I've heard across really kind of multiple I don't know other podcast platforms kind of a very simple statement being made of like if we all just said no this would have been over yesterday yeah and i find that with california which makes it really challenging when yeah. i think that there is a majority of people and maybe it's because we're in a red bubble of a much larger blue state
1: yeah
0: uh but I find that as soon as, to your point, we get to a place where we say, hey, I think we're starting to move forward here. And then it's like two steps or uh, you know, one step forward and then and we two take steps two steps back, right? To like, why are we having, like, why are we back to having mandates again? <laughs> Every time like the new variant comes out and all of a sudden we have to have masks again. Mm-hmm. and And so for me, it's like, it really comes down to everyone's ability or or maybe ability is the wrong word. It really comes down to people's kind of compliance, I guess. For lack of a better word, like, but that's what it is, right? Like, oh, because Newsom said so, we should just do. As opposed to going, okay, I'm pretty sure... We have enough information as people. We have enough. Uh, we have enough ways um, or options of treatment at this point to say that even outside of the vaccine, there are other avenues that we can take in terms of treatment. You know, yeah. you and I both know two people who are going to go unnamed this time. <laughs> that that literally have both or had previously been diagnosed and had gotten severely sick because of COVID. And to say that both of them took the alternative option than the vaccine, which only really was going to maybe make them a little less sick. Yeah. But they both then took treatment plans prescribed by their doctors. their primary care doctors who both have recovered and who both have said, yeah, that sucked really bad. And I don't necessarily ever want to be in that position again. But I came out the other side and I'm happy with the options that I had in front of me because they helped me get better. Yeah. So knowing that we have a lesser variant at this point, that from what people are saying, and I'm not the professional, but to say that from what people are saying is less severe than than variants previous. Yeah. And then to also say that we now have you know at least one but I know it's multiple options of treatment to help us recover from COVID that like we now as 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 citizens, as civilians, right as people that are free thinking and 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 free to do as we want in our lives for ourselves be able to say okay Like, I think that we have enough information that we should be able to go back to life, to living life in some sort of normal capacity. But yet we take one step forward and we take two steps back into the same thing that we've been doing. And one of my favorite quotes, or quotes rather, definitions, is the definition of insanity. And I find myself doing it all the time in different ways of my life, but also kind of in the context of this, that like, we're doing the same thing over and over expecting different results yep. like and it's one of my favorite definitions because you know we in the context I guess of COVID but then also in the context of a lot of other things can be notorious for saying like why isn't my life different why isn't this different and then be able to reflect back and go oh because I'm doing the you same thing
1: I haven't, I haven't made any adjustments to do done anything any, different I
0: haven't changed anything different in my life to expect different results and I feel like we're doing that here. You know, we we take a step forward, we seem to be making progress. Then we take two steps back, and now we're doing all of that other stuff we've been doing before. Yeah. And and in California,
1: and it's and I think it's it showing, stays in the same state, staying, staying in the same same strategies. You know, going back to the masks again. It's it's there is a shift in the personality. I know. Like With California's new mass mandate, it's been going for like two weeks. Now, companies aren't enforcing it like they used to. It used That's to true. be, I would say, a big old city like in the Central Valley, depending on the city. LA, San Francisco might be 90% of the businesses enforcing it, depending on what bubble they live in. Fresno, I think it was like 60-40. Right? But now it's definitely... One in twenty or thirty stores that you can shop in we'll, we might have one employee that'll ask you to put a mask on. Now. so people are slowly, I don't know if I don't, don't want to say we're just we're going about our own business again, I think. We're sl- all these entities that were in power and are, that we started believing are slowly losing credibility for every single move that they're making and people are not buying buy it anymore. There's a couple here and there that are still believing it but I think they're slowly losing their credibility. I think they lost their credibility a lot of different shots but I think overall in the mass consensus it's people aren't buying into it anymore. And so I'm glad I'm glad people aren't buying into it. I'm I'm still does that make me optimistic thinking that we can return to normalcy? I think I'm like the only one. I don't know about you. Do you are do you strive to go back to what our normal was? I know people talk about, oh, there's no more going back to the new normal. Right? And I I am inclined to believe in that. I'm also consider myself kind of a survivalist and prepper. There's no you should always kind of keep your mind on edge and mentally prepared for things that aren't normal, but in this case, I do hope that we will find a 2019 version, of, where we never heard of COVID and we didn't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> and we're all out. I, I, I to think the doing our own thing. We can live our lives without under the government thumb all the time. Yeah. What's hard about
0: that is the, for me, is the sheer volume of fear that's mm-hmm. really hard to reverse. So, sure. so I find myself in the camp of saying, okay. I don't know that I ever have been scared of COVID myself. I never was in the in the initial uh, in the initial. Hey, there's this thing called COVID that's happening, and you walk into the uh, to the department store and you see that the shelves are empty. Or a lot of different shelves are empty and you're finding there's no toilet paper. Why can't I buy toilet paper? Yeah. Oh, we're we're... about to go into
1: lockdown tomorrow? What's that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's this thing? You know, just kind of this like, this is kind of just a weird time, right? And I remember even having at the time when it first was kind of happening, having to have a laminated card for work. That in the event an officer pulled me over because we're supposed to be quote unquote locked that down, work for I this can
1: company. say
0: that I work for said company and said company is still considered essential. So I need to get to work. And it was like this weird, like, what are we even doing? Right. Like, it never fast forward two years almost later. And I still feel like this whole COVID thing has never really sunk in, like, that it's been real and that we've had, we've had these real things happening like lockdowns, like masking, like vaccines, like all these things. I'm still kind of in the camp of like, is this, has this thing even been going on really? Cause like, it's never solidified as this fear for me of like, oh my gosh, I need to totally disrupt my entire life and how I live it for the sake of COVID. And, and maybe, you know, good or bad, right? That's, yeah. I just am, I just in my mind am in that space. And so, you know, say when we first had lockdowns, we, you know, thankfully were able to utilize, we live out in the country and we were able to utilize um, a, a grocery delivery service to where we would, you know, place the order online and then someone would go shopping for us and then they would bring the groceries to our house. And initially, You know, not necessarily as much me, but I did help and contribute to wiping the groceries down and sanitizing stuff and all of that. And, you know, that was about a week for me. And it was like, what are we even doing? Like, you know, and and I kind of am also in the camp of like, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And, and then you think about all the things that, you know, that we're trying to be convinced of being so good in, in kind of in kind of combat to getting COVID, and at the end of the day, you can still get COVID with or without the vaccine. And you can still, you know, get sick, maybe lesser, but you can still get sick. So at the end of the day, you're like, what's the point of any of this? And, and so I guess to your question, part of me feels like, yes, if I'm not immersed in other people's drama, And Mm -hmm. other people's fears and other people's whatever, I still have some sense of I'm just doing things I've always done. Yeah. But as soon as I'm around any other people that are influenced with fear um, and make choices based on those fears, Mm -hmm. um, then Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, then it feels like the the sheer volume of fear is a lot to have to reverse. Yeah. And so is there an is there a normal? Is there any version of what was normal? And not the normal previous normal didn't wasn't in need of change, right?
1: It needed a lot of change.
0: Right? There's there there isn't no one is saying I want to go back to normal because everything that was was good. Because you would hope that say America that we are always striving to be better as we as we move forward. Um, as people as a, as a nation right? But if the new normal is what we're in now I don't want any part of it.
1: Yeah, me neither. I don't think so.
0: So you know I, I think that I, th- I think that there's a part of me that's hopeful, but I think there's a part of me that also thinks that there's a lot of damage to be undone. Uh, because when you see someone driving in their car with by themselves with a mask on, that's a lot of damage to undo. Because they feel, right, that it is, you know, and I'm speaking kind of just, you know, I'm not speaking, we, we, I'm not speaking we've to We've done that- a
1: good job and... and- Empowering, kind of the mass, kind of fear psychosis. Yeah, that was underlying. Like it was the the normal was it was always there, and then we lifted the veil off of it, and it just exploded. And, and,
0: And obviously, I can't speak to the actual person driving in their car, but the impression that I get is that person is so scared of COVID. That they're by themselves, in their own car, masking themselves to protect themselves from themselves.
1: On air that they're breathing. Like,
0: what are we doing? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? If that is the result of the fear, and how do you take that fear and, and remove it from the person or from that person? Yeah. And so that's where I don't know that I answered the question, but I feel like it is... Yes, I'm hopeful. Man, there's a lot of work to do before we get there.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's kind of where I
1: find myself. And chipping away at this this fear that is set into a lot of people is gonna be really, really hard. Yeah. Really hard. It's gonna be hard.
0: But does it start does it start with me? Does it start with you? Because what I'm finding I don't know. I mean I went to Costco today, right? Because
1: I, I think what happens a lot a lot of times is the people that are afraid probably steer clear of guys like you and I. Like, we don't know it. I think people might see how we carry ourselves in that public sphere and are the non-confrontational person in actually actively avoiding us. I think the f- they're so terrified that they yeah. we aren't even seeing the tip of the iceberg of so maybe what that, they might be So maybe be that thinking. person
0: is, like, we're, naturally avoiding we're like us.
1: Gravitational Gravitational entities are... Actually, naturally, coming together like guys like us, we naturally find each other through just that universal energy. But the same people that are afraid might be being polarized yeah. away from us. They're like so we're not the, even we're like not the, even on our radar, like, like opposite we, side we of just, the magnet. The ones that continue on, yeah, exactly, the opposite side of the magnet. We just see what is what we're focused on, which is kind of carrying on with our own day-to-day lives and survival, which is what everyone's goal is, right? But our our avenue and our approach to life and survival is drastically different. Ours is probably more confrontational actually going after something that's harder, doing more riskier things, facing things head-on and things like that versus someone might be like, I'm just going to push that bucket down the hill and wait it out in in a shelter and not actually confront it. And they yeah. might be hiding away
0: yeah I mean I went to Costco today as an example and shout out to Costco but (laughs) you know my wife made a comment prior to walking in saying hey do you have a mask and I said nope and she said well they're going to require us to wear it being that we're in California being that it's required to be indoors that we have to put a mask on and I told my wife straight up I said (laughs) I'm going to put it on to take it right back off. And she said, Nick, you do whatever you want. (laughs) Right. And, and so that's literally what I did. I flashed my Costco card with a mask on, walked about three steps and took it back off. Right past the bouncer. (laughs) Right past the bouncer (laughs) and literally proceeded to have a pleasant shopping experience, mask free, along with the many other people that were mask free, along with the other people that were masked. And it's like, You know, maybe to your point, like they, they negative magneted me to the aisles that I wasn't, if they were the people that possibly have that fear associated with COVID and, and whatever, and maybe they didn't, right? I have no idea. Um, But it was encouraging to me, I will say, being that that's the camp that I find myself in, uh, that there was many, many people you know, maybe not quite fifty-fifty, but mm-hmm. there was a pretty good percentage of people that uh, that were maskless and almost like unfazed maskless, to where they're not, you know, the the shifty eyes aren't going around like, ooh, is somebody is somebody concerned that I don't have a mask on? Mm-hmm. Um, they were just literally shopping in Costco with no mask on, and I think you know to what you said a few minutes ago about, you know, people really, like, kind of complying, but complying less than they were before. Like, I think that there is some version of that happening, you know, as like, say, a consumer to say that I'm just shopping, I'm just doing, just kind of in, in enjoying an experience with my family, trying to get some new groceries, trying to fall in line with some New Year's resolutions, whatever it is, right? And to then say like, hey, but there was a whole group of us kind of doing the same thing and yeah. doing it in a way that it really wasn't this kind of weird interaction. It was like, I'm just doing me and I'm really not phased by it anymore because I'm, gonna, I'm just the person that naturally shows up without doing it. Yeah. And in the event someone really wants to make a stink about it, then I'll leave. And I'm finding that the sign on the door... Is like a technicality, yeah. Like
1: everywhere has it, a hundred percent. Must wear,
0: must wear, must wear on the door, and then you walk in, and like, sure, someone might want you to be wearing it, but most people are not nearly enforcing it, like you said, um, like they were initially. I had, said,
1: a, I had a gym membership in uh, one of the local gyms in Kingsburg, and that big old sign on the door, face mask required and it was one of those memberships where everyone had a key card so I don't even think they had staff on place. It was just like 24-7 camera. Scan in. Scan boop. in and you do your own thing and you get actually get in there and 100% across the board. Everyone working out, working on their health, not wearing a mask. I was like, it's just you can see it from the window. like yeah. No one's going to go in there to like confront everyone. It was just like our, this is the group of people that are like yeah, there's a sign on the door but we choose our own thing here. This is yep. not our thing. I, an idea I've been playing with recently in my head, it's it's kind of complicated, it's hard for me to explain, but I've, I've heard people speaking about it in different channels, um, is kind of, where where does the, the, the most freedom for a, Sovereign individual lie. Um, And it's not really... Wyoming. It's not really in (laughs) the city structures. Like when... I mean, this is kind of historical. um, When the United States was founded, right? Right once the Constitution and everything started getting civilized and we had our government structures and everything... There are still problems within that Even though we do have our be- The best government structure In my belief Of how it's run Um There are You still don't have That much freedom Living in within certain parameters Of living in Under a government Rule So there's naturally gonna be People that want to find the most freedom Um in their life and naturally it's the people that are going to branch away from think of like government and a city structure as like the core right and you're not going to have a whole lot of choice there's going to be a lot of rules to follow and you have to kind of fall in line but as you want more choose to find an avenue of more freedom you're going to risk getting away um, from safety right if you seek freedom you are going to naturally get away from things that are safe does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the context where I first started seeing these ideas. Well, um, I mean, I feel like it, it when, makes... we were pione- when we were pioneering, when we're Americans were discovering the West, right? These are people that in their core didn't really like living in New York or Philadelphia, Philadelphia or D.C. or whatever. And they're, they started branching away further and further, trying to find their own sovereignty, And their own freedoms. But naturally, as they explore West, guess what? Now you're running into Indian territory. And they came up with their own idea. Like, I would rather risk death and mutilation going into this this land versus going the opposite way and living with society. Not that these guys are loners. These are just people that came up with their mind saying... I can't live in the to my 100% of what I want to do as a free individual. I have to go explore out. I have to get away from this societal structure that I just don't believe in. And I think that's the best avenue approach. And I think that's where we kind of find ourselves borderlining. It's like this is the state and the mindset and the hive mind of the world. And now I'm finding myself, well, I'm going to have to do kind of like what I was saying on that video when I was hiking. Like We're going to have to do some hard shit and find hard avenues of approach to kind of live our lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, the,
0: the principle makes sense though, even in the current structure that we have, right? So you think like federal government, right? is kind of an overarching kind of general sense of, of, of rule, right? Of, of law and order or however you want to look at it. And then interestingly though, outside of even this hive, as you described it yeah. are the the smaller and more relative to the area state governments yeah, and even state right at the Branch state level, the all of those are different state to state, different right? Counties and- because, and then even within the state is now the county or individual city, mm-hmm. right? So you kind of have that, the, the federal, you have the state and you have the local government and, and it makes sense though. In, in what you're talking about where, those kind of are derivative of what you are are essentially saying, because even say in California, you have kind of your state government, but the state government, when you compare say where, where we live in Kings County, which is kind of a red bubble inside of a blue state, you'll find that we're surrounded by more people than not that have a a, a more conservative uh, bent to, the way that they see things and you'll also find that that conservative bend is is also outside of kind of the city hub right mm-hmm. so you're going to find that say where I'm where I live although it is in the country physically um there's not a lot of Hanford specifically that is as developed as say it is more spread out because yeah. of dairies, because of agriculture, because of all these things. And to find that most of those people are away from that that kind of uh, kind of hive mentality, right? Yeah. And so you have the state, and then you have down to say Hanford or Kings County. And you'll find that it's significantly different than what you have at the state level, and and so I, I what you're saying makes sense to me 100%. Yeah. Um, and I'm I find myself doing the same thing though, right? On a personal level, going and I've asked myself those kinds of questions, right? My wife and I have literally talked about should we move out of California?
1: Yeah. Should
0: we? Should we give? Or, or let go of rather some of these things over here that are really important to us, right? All of our family is here, mm-hmm. right? Our friends are here. Our our life, you know, the, the our life as it is now is here. Our jobs are here. All of these things, right? The relationships that, more importantly than my relationships, but the relationships that are important for my kids right that i want for them in their life mm. that i think are valuable those are here too right which is part of our family part of you know all these things and to say that we've still asked ourselves should we move out of here should we based on the fact that it is my responsibility to take my daughters lives mm. and steward them in a way and set them up in a way for the future that I do that somewhere else, that there is more of what I believe to be right and true and, um, and of value. Yeah. Because my wife and I, and I, of the few things I remember from the last episode, I remember (laughs) sharing something similar of, of my wife and I can make our way in this world. No problem. Yeah. Right. It's, I am not worried about my ability to navigate all the chaos and all the drama of, of, of COVID, of whatever these things are, because I'm I'm an, I'm an adult. Yeah. I think I'm a savvy enough guy with enough aptitude to say, okay, whatever the challenge is, we're gonna work it out. Yeah. And we're gonna adapt. But my daughters, who are four or almost four and two, they don't know their way in this world, and they don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Of what it's going to be like, and I don't technically have a clue either of what it's going to be like in ten years and 15 years. And what I can say is if California remains California, because California, in my opinion, and unfortunately, is only getting worse in ways that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, that I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't a conversation that I've had too, to your original point find myself in a place where I have more of the freedoms that I'm longing for that I want for myself, but ultimately for my family, because those are important to me. And I feel like some of those freedoms on a daily basis, at least here in California are being squeezed right from our life. The fact that I can go visit my sister somewhere and then come back to California and say, Oh, we're wearing masks again. What are we doing here? Yeah. You know, I would be lying if I said that it wasn't tempting and it wasn't something that I've seriously considered. I should have just stayed there. (laughs) To say, like, hey, while we're here, let's look for a house. Or let's look for the place we like so that we can consider slowly transitioning, right? Mm -hmm. To getting our ducks in a row and then transitioning out of here. The flip side is that. Part of me also wants to fight,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you know, so fight or flight, right? And and you and I, you and I have had conversations about this when we're sitting around the the lunch table at work, you know, of like, man, I'm really tempted to get up and go, but I'm also really tempted to say, hey, I can't really have an opinion about something that I don't know, that I truly don't know anything about, yeah. and so. I can assume all day long that because it's how it looks, it's how it really is, and that's not necessarily the case. So for me to go, okay, let's start small. Let's go to the city council meeting. Let's, you know, and some of this we touched on before, but it kind of... When's the next one? I don't know. I'll have to look. Okay. But, But, you know, to kind of still circling around your point of like, Just because it's how I perceive it to be doesn't mean it's how it really is, and so to say that like oh we just should leave we should just run away from something that we really haven't done the research yeah. to confirm is it's really really the case. hard to
1: move and, and completely uproot your life based off of what you see on Instagram or social or, media or because I see or even
0: just based on a feeling right like awesome I feel like, like it's to be this doing way
1: great on in Montana like. Man, awesome that seems like a dream but like when you look into social media you're seeing the positive sides of everyone no one is showing you their bad side so no one the
0: best description I've ever heard of social media is it's people showing the highlight reel of their lives yeah right so they're only showing you they're only showing you like Look at this really successful thing my kids are doing, or look at this thing I got done at work, or look at this business I've started, or all these things that like. But they're not showing you the tantrums and the hardships of being a parent. They're not showing you that in order to accomplish that thing at
1: work, it's that, that they first have. day that kid's been born, it's that first day of the wedding.
0: Yeah, they're not, <laughs> but, they're not. They're not showing you right. They're showing you the highlight reel. They're not showing you the day in and day out hard like hardship that is life Mm -hmm. right kind of all things you know life and to know that it's really easy to like to see someone you know the things that people want you to see Mm -hmm. and to live in a space and to set yourself up mentally to to believe that that's their real life Um, not just a portion of it not just the good part of it as opposed to like ooh, look at their life is so good, or this place is like, clearly it's the best place to live because it's better per the photos, Mm -hmm. per the video, than it is where I'm living. Whereas, I'll admit, California sucks in a lot of ways. Right? Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. But at the same time, it's like I said earlier, if I'm not emerged or submerged in everyone else's drama... And everyone else's issues or fears or whatever, like I pretty much get to do what I want all day, every day. Yeah. So, has has it changed that much?
1: Not a whole lot, I right? Mean,
0: I mean, so so that that's the tension, right? That's that's the that's what makes it hard mm-hmm. because you're going, well, I came back to wearing masks. Well, what if I just don't wear masks? Yeah. Clearly, I've had no one push back on me in the few times since I've returned that that as the example has caused me any problems. Maybe I'll, it's only a matter of time before someone says, Hey bro, can you put a mask on? And then I have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, even in places that you would think would be enforcing that a little bit more strictly, haven't enforced it really. So if that's the worst of it, other than our taxes suck, other than the, you know, it costs me more to live here in a lot of ways than it does somewhere else does is that enough to to take my family out of my life to mm-hmm. take my friends out of my life to take my work and possible career path out of my life especially if it's going to you know if it's with a company that you love and that you are growing and you enjoy what you do yeah you know is all of that enough or is this thing over here enough to take all of that away from you? And it's like, I don't know. Because it's not that it can't be replaced in some way elsewhere. Yeah. It just means you have to go through that process to get there,
1: reestablish, um,
0: and reestablish and, and meet new people and hope that you can somehow supplement your family time and all of that. But at the end of the day,
1: fight or flight, at this point, I think I'm still fight. I'm I'm inclined to say the same thing. I'm just gonna kind of hunker down, probably start building a bunker. Hey play, <laughs> hey,
0: play the long game, play bro. Play the long game. Hey, and then and then we. Hey, so you live in a pretty cool place. Like it's like you're in the city proper, but you kind of have like a unique lot that you live in. Uh huh. I think you could. I think you could put a C train in the ground, dude. I think oh, I'm you could. not gonna completely
1: bury it. I'm not like just. Nah, one you could just stock it up with something or
0: whatever i think even if you just put a c train out here just a storage though for all of like your bunker needs right because mm-hmm. we talked about it for this episode right other than we've talked on some pretty cool
1: analyze stuff. a little like pre analyzed like, is analyze, it beneficial to build do a bunker? we
0: build the bunker right now, that's a good point actually i think if if you just Cause I'm in a similar position. Yours is actually a little bit more tucked away because of where you are in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I just literally live in the country in just an open piece of land, but I do have houses around me. Right. So I am a straight shot to seeing what's on my property. You drive up the you drive down the main road and you look to your right or left, depending on the direction, and you're gonna see a fat C train sitting in my yard. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, because of the way your property sits, you could put a C train next to your house and you could, no one really is going to pay attention to the fact that you have a C train
1: sitting next to your house. No, Because I think my neighbor has one actually.
0: Yeah. So like (laughs) you just look at the way, you know what I mean? Like you have enough, your property is, is like kind of residentially fenced, whereas like I have pasture fencing. So I have very little area that would hide anything. Not that anyone cares if I have a C train, but it's just one of those like you kind of almost have a fortress set up back here tucked away in the middle. It
1: could it could work out. I think the only problem is is I mean it depends on the scenario. Like what what scenarios are we talking about that would be worth staying localized to utilizing your 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 backup storage so like i don't i don't like okay it's, it would be good to have a c-train full stuff if the stores ran out of shit but if it goes that south are we even going to be able to get gas are we going to be able to go to work is this so so i think are we even like is that level of society still even functioning at that point point? and if we're in the middle of a city, is it beneficial to be isolated in that environment? Like, how hard is it going to be to protect? So, so I guess. C-train. So I guess. Yeah. So I guess. Play it
0: out. Play it out as if. I got questions. Yeah. So play it out in what's the most realistic context? Your current situation now. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to say. Well, it makes more sense to put a C train on that random 15 acres I bought in the hills but you don't own 15 acres right now
1: no right you don't So have... I mean I, so, I do have to utilize the land I so, have So
0: so yeah. if you're utilizing the exact scenario in which you live now meaning mm-hmm. this house in this location and and in the event that all hell breaks loose and stores start shutting down And there's no grid. Like I'm looking right at your wood burning fireplace, dude. That is is rad, right? And and to think, like you already are at an advantage to me. So I don't have a I don't have a wood burning fireplace. I I thought just for the aesthetics of it, like it'd be cool to put one in my house. Like I have a spot and everything that I would love to build one into my house. Yeah. But right now I don't, I I physically don't have one. So if I'm playing out my exact scenario right now, you're already at an advantage to where you can literally come in your own backyard, worst case scenario, freaking hack down a limb, right? Or multiple trees. I
1: already got a pile of wood. Yeah. A pile pile of of wood that you
0: got outside your house that you can, in the event of, you can have a heat source for not only staying warm, but for cooking, right? You can throw a pot on top of that freaking thing and start boiling water. I mean, like you have an advantage right there. So, so for me, it's like, I don't have land. I mean, I have my, my property, but I don't have some random location that is more ideal to be out in the hills. So in the event that the, you know, our economy crashes and you're like, Hey man, I now have this C train Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm, I'm half prepping for the doomsday for the apocalypse to come, but I'm, but I'm also just doing it for the sake of like in the event I ever actually needed it. Right. You're not playing out this gimmicky idea Or, or scenario you're saying no really though like if there was ever a reason that you know we had worse than we have now some some supply issue where maybe food wasn't obsolete but it was a little harder to come by then you can at least go in to your C train as a a supplement right it's not because we've totally you know the, the economy has totally crashed and we have nothing hundred, like literally, just nothing. But maybe there's been, a, you know, a, a, a decrease in, in in supply. Yeah. So now we're going. Okay, we can get some stuff. It's a little harder to get. So in the event, let's let's run out to the C train and and this week. It. And this week we've supplemented a, a bag of rice that we bought, or some beans that we can cook.
1: Yeah. To
0: to get us by, while we're we can't just run to the big store and buy anything on a moment's notice like we can now. Yeah. Right. And so for, you know, to think like it doesn't necessarily have to be based in like the apocalypse or some civil war or some reason that's like, there's only the extreme version Mm -hmm. where this makes sense as opposed to I bring a C train in or a storage container or whatever you want to call it
1: I might just and, end and up-
0: now and now I'm literally just uh, now I'm just adding for the sake of adding and I'm and as I can I'm adding a little bit more and as I can I'm adding a little bit more and you know I know uh, a co-worker had mentioned well you know a lot of that stuff still only lasts for so long so if you're saying well, I'm gonna put a bag of rice in here well that bag of rice unless there's Methods above and beyond just storing it in there that bag of rice might only last for five years so in between now and the end of the five years you got to find a way to cycle it out yeah right because then you're just buying food well, I'm, to waste it if I'm you don't I'm thinking if you
1: vacuum sealed it I wonder what the lifespan would be because usually it comes in that, that grain bag yeah for rice some beans, sort of if you some sort of loose got,
0: bag right yeah so maybe maybe rice sucks
1: did some way of like canning things
0: yeah so, I don't know what, I don't know the extent of your questions, but I think <laughs> for me, when I think about the idea of like, yeah, let's build the bunker, it's, it's kind of not when really. I, when I think uh, of I don't bunker, i I don't know I if it's like full doomsday.
1: Of, I don't know if it's full doomsday. I'm usually thinking of people using them as that last ditch hide of like, oh, the zombies are out to get us and we have to hide in the bunker. Yeah. And we're going to just arm up and that's going to be how we're going to survive this. And outside of there being nuclear war, I don't see that as a really benefit just because I've said it. Like, you can literally... If you are hiding in a bunker, you could literally Li- kill them with their water hose if they couldn't get out. So, but it does, it, it for storage purposes on property, of just having those supplemental instances where if China says we're going to cut back on our supply runs to your country and you're not going to get as much stuff and you're gonna just slowly choke us out, it is a while we're still working and an option to go, go to. Cause like, imagine,
0: imagine if you, if you said, okay, over the course of the, this year, mm-hmm. you bought 10, 10, five pound bags of rice, you know, for dollars, a, for dollars a piece.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and just to have them
1: mm-hmm. and you're like,
0: dang, that's a lot of rice. Right. But over the course of that amount of rice, and you sup, you know and you kind of portion out well how much rice can I eat and how much does this 10 five pound bags last me and in this case for you my wife yeah the two of us how long could we ration this out mm-hmm. and then as you you know as you decide to be at the grocery store and buy another bag of rice can you then over the course of time bring one of those in to just eat it to eat it because you don't want it to necessarily go spoil. bad and spoil and and then you're you're still adding but simultaneously very lightly using rotating and rotating stuff. for she stuff watching. that for stuff that you would possibly use for regular dinner anyway some chicken and some white rice or whatever yeah. right and and then you're kind of building you know it's it's almost like glorified pantry storage you know kind of in the event of but you can still utilize it even if there was no real need to use it so that you can kind of keep it fresh mm-hmm. you know what i mean um especially with some of that stuff that's not as perishable yeah. for longer periods of time and and in like a weird way i'm not a prepper like i'm i'm personally not the guy that's ever like my grandfather we we've helped him move a couple times for well, my grandparents rather. And it was kind of a weird now a few years ago, but it was kind of weird. The first time I saw my grandpa in like one of their spare bedrooms have tubs of like bags of rice, yeah. bags of pinto beans dried and like canned goods. And some of these canned goods, we just moved them again. Mm-hmm. Not that long ago, a couple of months ago. And a couple of those are like five years old. Past their expiration date, but they're still canned, and I guarantee if you opened them, they'd probably still be edible.
1: And it, it's with, funny that you say your with, grandpa because I reason, think my grand, grandfather was very much the same way. I think it's that, but but it's World weird, War II. But like, it's where weird. They grew up in the Depression, where it's not really prepper. They're just like and then naturally, when it came to food and stuff, it just they built their houses up, so it has has that ample pantry storage where yeah. if they weren't saving money, they were saving food. So in case of those hard, hard times that they had something yeah. to fall back on, and obviously. What, yeah. Well, stoves, I mean, so, so they can burn like if power shut off, no big deal. We just start that yeah. thing up and we're nice and warm still. Totally. And, tons, and, tons of blankets and, and what's weird
0: like, about my grandparents is like, so my grandpa is an ex or retired rather, uh, correctional officer. So Mm -hmm. he did construction for a few years in there and then transitioned over to kind of the correctional. I don't know, I don't know what the transition was or why he made that choice, but transitioned kind of into law enforcement as a correctional officer, finished, you know, retired out of there. Great pension, great retirement, all that stuff, right? And and prior, and maybe it was because I was little when I would go and spend a week with them over the summer or whatever. Like maybe I wasn't aware of it or never saw it, and maybe they've done it the whole time, but it was an interesting like, who is this person mm-hmm. to see like these bags because I've never seen them to be that way before. Yeah, um, and so I really don't know if that's if that's rooted in in maybe the last. I don't know administrations politically mm-hmm. to you know to have some reason that they felt it was worth you know what i mean maybe projecting worth. fears in their mind of what could happen etc um or if he just turned into a crazy person i don't know like <laughs> and i th- and i think about myself that way too like i think i texted you this a while back of like i think i'm becoming a crazy person because i've never <laughs> literally ever thought I should have a bunker, and I should start prepping.
1: I've never ever thought that. I, I had a buddy, and now and now I'm thinking that stuff all that the time. Was an avid like open like yeah I'm, I'm a prepper I have all this stuff and he, and I used to make fun of him for it, and now, ten years later, I'm thinking, of, jokes on what? me. <laughs> What kind of beans are you storing? <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of MREs did you bulk buy? Where did you get this MRE stuff? Like But he was also very um uh outspoken libertarian too and uh, you do me, uh, I do you. Yeah and now i'm sure he is just living the dream right now and just be like i told you fuckers yeah you guys didn't believe me that I this t- world was going south and the rest of us are slowly catching up yeah, yeah for
0: sure <laughs> dude i bet the uh, i bet the freeze dried food market is crushing it right now the the mountain house mm-hmm. the there's a couple of them that i've looked into uh, recently and and i've seen all kinds of videos online where people are like doing th- You know, uh, apples to apples comparison of like, let's try the beef stroganoff to the beef stroganoff to the beef stroganoff across all these kind of companies right now, and it'd be it'd be
1: interesting. uh, Oh, it's it's taking off because I I started noticing like even a bougie outdoor store like REI they used to have like maybe half an aisle worth of Mountain the house. The mountain house, kind of dried backpacker, mm-hmm. um, freeze-dried backpacker food, now it's doubled. And I don't think that's out of coincidence. I don't think that just because people are just going backpacking more frequently. I think they actually probably noticed an uptick in sales and yep. brought it in. Yeah. No, so, it's now I'm sure they're still pushing all like the typical stuff, but it's it's I think they due to what happened, people probably started buying all that stuff more so, frequently.
0: So do you wanna do it'd be fun to do a test. Okay. Um I think it'd be cool to to maybe do a similar test ourselves on the quality of the food. So for me Okay, I really like the Mountain House that's why I used it as the reference beef stroganoff
1: I've it, never had I've always had their rice
0: it's delicious okay <coughs> excuse me and and so it'd be it'd be fun to like I think you can buy a box or a a, a tub that's like a 30 day supply for probably two people so with kids that factor that in a little differently, but you know, you can buy a tub of, of a freeze dried month long supply from multiple brands now
1: mm-hmm.
0: that come with a variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner options, right? Yep. Powdered eggs, all oh, that it stuff. It takes
1: a little bit of hot water, water, hot water good which, to go.
0: which obviously is the other, it's the other component to that, right? Some the, of these
1: brands are actually doing like smoked salmon.
0: Yeah, which is and, crazy, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine opening up a, a container and smoked salmon I'm that you just curious. have to that you literally just have to put warm water in and like it puffs back up? Like, it's weird, but it'd be interesting to to try the different brands or to possibly do like, what would it look like if I lived off of this
1: for thirty days? <laughs>
0: Right? Wouldn't that be crazy? To say like, okay, ninety-nine
1: dollars Are we doing a podcast experiment to see is this is Eight. this our version of uh, was Eight. it supersize me where we just go M R E
0: where we just live off of Mountain House for thirty days, like breakfast, lunch and dinner.
1: Army <laughs> <laughs> Army MREs for thirty like, okay, days. Okay,
0: because real real question though is associated with do i build the bunker right so we're bringing it back around do i build the bunker in building the bunker and in storing said freeze-dried foods as a potential option would you totally just would your would your body just implode because you just lived off you know what i mean like that's obviously super extreme but i'm just saying like we don't even know what kind of reaction our bodies would have to living off of freeze-dried food for a couple of days on a backpacking trip Mm -hmm. is one thing where you're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. But is there any long-term effect, right? Not because the food's not real food or anything like that, but is there a long-term effect or some like, man, I'm not really feeling good because all I've been eating is a bunch of freeze-dried food, right? Like could there potentially be some sort of like knowledge gained on hey if i'm thinking about putting a, a, a tubs at, tub after tub after tub of 30 day supplies in my bunker for
1: $300 we can put this this experiment to the test i just looked up emergency food rations 3 week emergency food supply this particular this one's ready hour there's um, 297 There's another
0: one called Ready, ReadyWise. I've, Ready? I've heard that one. I've heard that on a couple of podcasts that are not our sponsors, but that have been other sponsors for other better podcasts. And uh, obviously Mountain House. I think there's a couple other ones that I looked up, like some comparison videos that were pretty cool. But I think you can buy – I think I've seen a tub as cheap as like 99 bucks for like 30 days. Mm-hmm. So, if we each did a hundred bucks and we said, <laughs> Hey, which, hey, which, Let's do it. Hey, all right, which squanders, hold on, hold on, <laughs> which squanders my New Year's resolution, right? So, this
1: is a perfect time. to So, my, New, play Year's, with my this. New
0: Year's resolution, or one of them, yes, I'm that guy who's got a New Year's resolution, but my wife and I have both been saying, physically, we have not felt very good, um, consuming a lot of just crap in our bodies and truthfully having gained weight over the last year and a half and like yeah. nah we're we're ready to, to you know mentally we're feeling good, physically we're not feeling so good. And so because we're motivated mentally, we really want to improve our ourselves physically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this squanders that so maybe we don't do it starting tomorrow uh but in general we need a week to
1: find a good like but in general like it'd be
0: it'd be pretty fun to like look into okay what are our options and and is there a is there a positive or negative review to you know i'm playing out just because i want to do it and see what happens but in the event that you did really say, "Hey man, I, I need to use this full 30 days."
1: Yeah. My wife's probably going to hate me cuz she's her like New Year's resolution was to like start organizing and our our meal plans yeah. more efficiently, yep. and so she has literally and I'm looking at it right now a list of what she needs to buy for the store, what we both need to buy, what our, our meal plan for the week is, like yep. what days are our leftovers. And so if I surprise her with this experiment, hey, by she's the probably
0: going to hey, be the way, pissed.
1: We're going to eat 30 But also days. probably pretty happy because she only has to hey, cook for yeah, herself. She, she wouldn't have to
0: cook for you because all you got to do is add warm water into your just beef got, stroganoff. she got to boil water. Yeah. yeah. So could be a fun, could be fun. I think
1: I want to look into this. This is uh, don't tempt me with bad ideas. Hey. I'm the prankster that hey, will just, follow a, through hey, with it, and you're influence. just the influence of like send me down that rabbit hole. And you're like, fuck, I did say that, didn't I? All right, we're well, yeah. gonna do a 30 day.
0: Yeah, and then, and then like <laughs> day two, I'm like, yeah, no, but my my kids, you see, they I, I couldn't do it because I had to eat dinner with my kids, and you're gonna be like, dude i'm over here i'm trying to be consistent here <laughs> and you're like you're already out <laughs> no it, it'd be fun I, i'd do it I, i'm probably not doing it tomorrow but i think it would be a fun experiment yeah, really, to say
1: dude let's just let's so just do 30 days day. breakfast do we have to do breakfast lunch and dinner
0: breakfast Three. lunch so we're and doing dinner. the, the
1: supersize me mre plan yes yep
0: and then we just see what happens
1: right <laughs> just go with it
0: right and you can still do everything else you want. You can drink whatever you now, want. Now we talking about like you can, more you can high st-
1: end MREs, or are we doing like army oh, style no, no, no. No. R- MREs? No, I, w- I would, I would, I would because buy- I've heard from via my friends that those are probably no. will back up your toilet. Yeah,
0: no, in, in my <laughs> mind, I go to like.
1: My, the name brands and like the actual 30 day supply my one of my <laughs> best friends hated the MREs so much he opted not to eat if anything he didn't if he couldn't catch it or hunt it when he, he said was, I'm not doing it He he's like I, I got used to just dropping 10 pounds when we were out in the field on training <laughs> just I'm just not it. doing it I'm just not doing it right. I was like you don't want they are that bad like they're bad <laughs> so speaking of <laughs> so speaking of like you'd rather though. starve yourself and lose 10 pounds it's like, totally.
0: yes. so another good thing for the bunker so you have the opportunity based on your wood burning stove to technically be in your house with a heat source to heat said water yep. to rehydrate said food yep. source yep uh, but say for me If I did not have a source in which to heat water, like my power was down because I still have an electric stove. I do. So my electric stove, I live on propane, so maybe that's a conversion I could do down the road. But even then, propane is only going to last so long if there's no source to refill
1: it. Because I can always convert... Oh, you have your own propane tank. Yeah,
0: so because I live in the country, I, I live on propane as far as my yeah. heat is concerned. My water heater is electric, which is kind of nice um, for showers and stuff, but basically my... Your, my, your my independent
1: my, water well too? Yep. So yeah, if power goes down here. So I... I think I, the only thing that would run is your propane.
0: Yeah, because technically even though I'm on the well... I still need power. You need to a generator. I still need. Well, gone. and technically, what's really cool about my house is actually kind of cool for the apocalypse. This may or may not happen. <laughs> so, when Y two K was happening, right, mm-hmm. the, the the scare around Y two K. Yeah, I remember that one. When um, we were kids. Cool. My wife's grandparents, who we bought the house from, there is actually a port on the side of the house near the main breaker box. That is for being able to put a generator hookup for backup power. So in the garage is like a massive 5,000 watt generator that I can wheel over and I can plug directly into the side of my house. It's got a
1: special outlet.
0: It's got a special, you know, 30 or 50 amp outlet or whatever it is. And I don't don't know, that's the one thing I don't know is how much, because I've never had to use it, but how much it will then via the generator how much Mm -hmm. it will power in the house or if it's kind of just the essentials i'm not really sure that to the extent of what's going to be backed up by the generator but that was one of the cool things i found out was that i can literally and that's the reason the generator got left with the house when we bought it Mm -hmm. and that it was intentionally installed to bring the generator out yeah plug it into the house fire it up and like have backup power
1: yeah Which is pretty cool. See, but you and I both got a taste a little bit via our last construction job that I don't know if a generator is going to be the power cure all because we, you've, I don't know, like you've seen the bill and how much fuel it goes through. For sure. It seems like a great idea. You see this big old generator, like, yeah, it goes and generates, you can get a lot of power. We were working on a site where we had five, six generators. Five continuously operating but we had 24 to have hours Yep. we had to have fuel we have to have refueling every day every other days. day every other day so yep. and we were so that facility was on generator power for two weeks getting refuel every other day and i can't imagine what yeah. the so, fuel I, so I cost think- was but i would seen those tanks and then a couple hundred gallons yeah and to draw that out within a day. So, so
0: my generator is not nearly that big. It's it's still a, a residential size generator, mm-hmm. but it's a big enough uh, I don't, amperage that it it's designed to to have some sort of backup power. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, I think the 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 percentage of that that will be brought back online via the generator, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's just like anything, right? It's not the, Hey, let's go back to running it 24 hours a day. It's like it's in the event that I need
1: power outage for a day or in, two in
0: the event that like, because I have an electric stove, yeah, can I fire that bad boy up and let it run for 30 minutes while I heat some water, go out, kill it and like yeah. call it good. So that way it becomes part of the ration. Same as anything
1: else. Yeah. I think would, like would last. I think of, last year's mean? scenario where like Texas lost its power grid for what I think it was like two days. Yeah, having a generator on site would have been a sufficient enough backup. Yeah. When and they lost power. A lot of they said a lot of houses went, went all cold because they were in the middle of winter. Yeah, no, freak winter had, at no, storm too. Yep. So had they had generator power and enough homes mm-hmm. that could sufficiently just last a two day window of time could have drastically altered it now it doesn't really go far yeah so so to me that's where so that's where you gotta look at what your goal is yeah
0: so to me it's like if you'd had the generator say in the texas scenario i think that you still could have utilized it in a similar capacity where for the sake of maybe breaking the chill let's just say it was a a cold a temperature issue right Mm -hmm. you're like man it's getting really cold in here in my house and I don't have an opportunity to just go buzz over to my family two hours away to get out of the main area of the grid that's down.
1: Yeah.
0: So you're like, man, it's getting really cold in here. It'd be nice to get to, it'd be nice to fire up this space heater, you know, maybe not my main mechanical system, but to fire up my, a small space heater out of an outlet. A yeah. Standard 110 or whatever, right? Yeah. And so you literally go fire up the generator and you let it run for 30 minutes while you huddle around your little space heater enough to break the chill and enough to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, enough to kind of give you another couple hours where it's going to start to come down again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then you're rationing that fuel. Then you're rationing the the amount of time that you need to be, you know, utilizing that power source to, to just get by.
1: Because...
0: Yeah. You know, when, when times are, you know, when in the event that things fail like that, right now you're thinking in a new mindset. Now you're not going, okay, I want to be able to live within the luxuries of what I've lived with before of what is kind of my normal life as opposed to you're going, man, now I'm thinking very strategically Mm -hmm. and like, Ooh, in my case, I have two daughters. How do I help them not be freaking out (laughs) because they're cold? Yeah. Right. Or because they're without food and how do, I, how do I use the best combination of circumstances to temporarily warm, temporarily get a stove working long enough to kind of check those boxes and then, then we shut down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think it'd just be like anything. It just becomes a part of that ration system. Mm-hmm. So that way you can... You know, and then that just snowballs all of the things you're prepping with, right? You're saying, okay, well, if I got the generator, okay, that's a check. Well, now I need fuel. Okay, well, how am I how am I stockpiling fuel in the event of I need it? Well, fuel, I think f- one of those
1: little mobile generators like fuel, goes, would, you know, would be f- pretty beneficial if you're talking about just something that you need in one little outlet. Like having a mobile generator could probably power that re- re- refrigerator with a couple 10, 15 gallons for a while. Keep that get that going or just if you needed a little space heater yeah, working for a little bit. It can... I wonder, I wonder how
0: cheap you could you. I wonder how cheap you could find a... a commercial sized backup generator.
1: <laughs> a cheap one? Uh, I mean... $500,000. No, no, no. <laughs> Not like the big one at work.
0: Like, like maybe one of the... Uh, maybe like the one that was in that circle drive where it still was on like a trailer but it wasn't Mm -hmm. the big massive one Mm. you know it's probably probably still five or ten thousand dollars for like one that's about to go out of commission that probably has got a a,
1: probably been 10 15 years old it's probably got a million hours on it right Mm -hmm. um one where like the rental companies are trying to get rid of it yeah because
0: it's like it's on (laughs) it's on its last leg right but like you know i don't know is that something that would be worth an investment you know and, and you could ask you could ask the question right literally associated with the original question do we build the bunker mm-hmm. and what then goes into the bunker that we've built food weapons right Pop, Or possibly clothes uh electricity and a lot of water too water a big one. right like so and I don't know what the answer is, but as you start to kind of ask the basic fundamental question of like, do I build it or do I not build the bunker? Mm-hmm. Then you have to start asking all of the other little questions of like, okay, I've made the decision. Yep, I'm going to build the bunker. Then mm-hmm. you go, now what? Right? Now what? Now what do I do <laughs> once I've said... I got all yep. this empty space in the C-Trade. I don't know. We'll see. So I don't know. That's that's the that's the million dollar question. So, so I guess I'm gonna ask you the question.
1: What should I build a bunker?
0: Do you build the bunker?
1: I I don't want a bunker necessarily, but I do want. Or do you buy the like train? Ex- do external, you buy the train? I want more like a just like just kind of like a garden shed in the backyard. Maybe two. Probably has a hundred square feet or something like that. Just throw some shelves in there, and just kind of stock it with kind of the stuff that can just be left outside. So rice, beans, things that are, could be in cans, more more durable. Doesn't have to be refrigerated stuff. That's what I'm more looking at. Maybe um, get. Probably, like, I don't know if you just get big old five-gallon thing of water or, like, the 10-gallon kind of gas-style jugs and just fill those up with water best you can and just leave those out there so you have some, like, drinkable, could, could potable you, water could back you buy,
0: up. Could you start buying and then transfer it into a container, speaking of water? Could you start buying, like, jugs of distilled water? Right? Because they're pretty cheap. You walk into Walmart and you can buy a gallon of distilled water for two bucks or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Because I think distilled water is pretty good for you, mm-hmm. right? Over like. or is I don't know. Is no, I don't think so. Distilled is weird. It up. Can you drink distilled water? Let's look it up. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Can you drink distilled It's water. getting part of
1: that podcast where I have to use the restroom again. <laughs> Sorry, people.
0: So it says here, distilled water is safe to drink, but you'll probably find it flat or bland. That's because it's stripped of important minerals like calcium, sodium, and magnesium that give tap water its familiar flavor. What's left is just hydrogen and oxygen and nothing else, which is interesting because does that make it more sustainable or have a longer shelf life. So let me look that up. Does distilled water go bad? It's a good one. Unopened bottled distilled water from a store lasts basically forever, but stash it away from direct sunlight and once it's opened, be sure to close it up well after use okay it's interesting
1: i gotta give joe rogan credit you know his podcasts are like four hours long and he like records them on camera so he never just one long cut I know. of him just I know. talking with yeah, his guests totally. and i'm over here like i can barely make it two hours before making a restroom totally. break <laughs> well
0: <laughs> well so you missed it on the break there's two things that are interesting so distilled water is safe to drink but you'll probably find it flat and bland it's because it's stripped of important minerals like calcium, sodium, and magnesium that give tap water it's familiar flavor what's left is just hydrogen and oxygen and nothing else so it's
1: just the purest form so
0: it's just pure water Okay. and then I also looked up does distilled water go bad right And it says, unopened, bottled, distilled water from a store lasts basically forever.
1: Yeah, because it's purest form. That makes sense.
0: And it's sealed, so it's already been, you know. There's no air. But stash it away from direct sunlight, and once it's opened, be sure to close it up well after use. So, if you had... And I don't know that distilled water... It just popped into my head because I feel like distilled water gets used for specific purposes, right? Like cleaning purposes and stuff like that. Or like medical treatment. Yeah, like it's... So you need to clean a wound. It's like the clearest, yeah. right? Or cleanest version of water because it doesn't have those other... Particulates, yeah. So... Does that make it healthier for you? Not necessarily. But I was more thinking like is it the most sustainable in terms of its shelf life or whatever because it doesn't have these other contam not contaminants, but other um, other things that could
1: possibly go bad? I wonder why it needs to be kept out of the so sunlight. The, the
0: sunlight's an interesting one. So, so could you then... If you're just going to have some sort of shed where mm-hmm. you're saying, okay, I'm just going to have distilled I know, water. I know why
1: like beer and stuff always has dark bottles a lot of times and yeah. it needs to be kept out of sunlight is because the yeast element yeah. activated by the sunlight, it warms it, and then the yeast wants to continue to f- ferment and yeah. create sugars and more alcohol. It's usually, for our flavor palette, you know, talking about what the yeast is doing, it's like, that, that can't be that bad. And like No, it ruins the specific recipe flavor profile for that yeah. beer and alcohol, but for water, I wonder what it does, particularly for the yeah. distilled element. I think probably because light might probably penetrate through the plastic and add elements to could it. Could be. Could.
0: So so could you if you were going to start collecting water, mm-hmm. could you you could probably buy just bottled water in general. And it probably would be pretty long-lasting. But I think if you look at the expiration date, even on a a bottle of Aquafina water, Mm -hmm. it'll still have an expiration date.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't know why that is. Probably something worth exploring or investigating.
1: If you think about it, like water is actually a tricky thing to kind of preserve. Because... If you get a hold of it, you're going to have to... I don't know if you'd be able to get away with like a large amount of water storage in, let's say, your own tank, where it was a home tank that totally. wasn't constantly cycling because you think about the bacteria Ger- growth. Bacteria, so that's bacteria where growth is going to immediately attack it real quick. The yeah. second it just it sits idle and you just let it sit for a little bit, it's just going to go right there.
0: So that's where if... If the difference between distilled water, which I understand tasting bland mm-hmm. as like a con, mm-hmm. but if it's that it's going to be the most sustainable to, yeah. to store long term, yeah. then could you in your shed or in our sea train, yeah. could you have a shelf of many like multiple one gallon jugs that are Mm -hmm. unopened, untampered with, just in there for the sake of having water and and with a grain of salt, but trusting a, a quick search online that if it basically lasts forever, that there's some opportunity under what you know, regardless of hot or cold, but in a in a controlled environment like a shed that you're not really in and out of or a sea train that you're not really in and out of unless it's to add or take out of, but then yeah. the rest of the time it's closed up and away from the elements except for a general hot or cold. Can, can you have a rack full of water that would last 20 years?
1: Maybe. You probably I, could. You I don't could. know. I think a better option is actually looking into like, things that are the filtration systems. There's a lot of cool new filtration systems that are being employed by especially like backpackers and stuff where they have I think Sawyer's is one uh, where they have a little screw top yep. universal screw top filter I don't know how long it lasts once it's been like in its little thing but it's supposed to be rated for uh, I think they're, they're little mini ones like
0: a, th- a, thousand, like gallons a
1: thousand gallons worth yeah. of, of water to purify now think of like all you need is access to water So. All you have to do is just find a lake, fill up your so your you th- your random canteen, your was it your hydro flask, or your Yeti container. All you have to do is just be able to refill that regularly. Screw this thing on top, or throw it, set it up on its own little hose system, and then drink through the filter, right? So, do you think it would be a better option to store water
0: itself, or to start buying the tools to filter water? I would rather because if you because I know the I know the filtration you're talking about right. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, it's almost like a filter. It's, it's bigger, filter but it's almost adapter, like a yeah. straw, right? Yeah. Where you can drink directly out of this attachment.
1: Yeah, it's got like a dual dual little hose, probably like a quarter inch size hose connector on both sides. And I think they actually do a little adapter so it can be go put on a water bottle and stuff, yeah. and it's just an extra. Filtration system, no different than your Brita at your faucet. Yeah, so at
0: home. so if 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 those are rated at a thousand gallons, which is a ton of water, yeah, that you could consume as a, an individual uh, one, one filter. Yeah. So and let's just say they're twenty bucks a piece, mm-hmm. right? Because I think they're pretty cheap. So imagine if you said, okay, if all I need is the water source, or maybe you have a combination, mm-hmm. maybe you have a handful of jugs yep. just in the event of you need some water quick. Yep. But you have the ability to to go to the water source as well, mm-hmm. then you also have the option of saying, okay, well, I'm just going to take this generic water bottle that I just have some old recycled bottle and I'm going to be able to screw this cap on and I'm going to go and fill up a bunch of these little water bottles and bring it back to my house or wherever mm-hmm. and then be able to just drink, drink directly out of this filtration system mm-hmm. As like the other alternative and to say, okay, well, you know, 20 bucks a piece, you could buy a hundred dollars worth and have 5,000 gallons worth of drinking water because of this one little piece. Is that, is that better or is it just, I think, or is it just one option and they're necessarily, I think there's no one
1: like single cure all. I think having like the big old 10 gallon tanks I was talking about. You can throw it in the back of the truck. I think having an option to be able to carry water is important if you need to move and go somewhere, but having an option to.
0: Drink water, quick, water on the floor. Grab,
1: right. Grab questionable water is also important. Um, um, and then having the ability to filter water is. But like also trying to. Having the ability to catch water is also important. We've talked about this, I think, other options where we should have a competition where yeah. at home, who can catch the most water in the rain without using the roof as in their gutter system um, kind of set up with limited with the in the uh, my parameters of the game I was thinking of like you have to use what is provided in your house already so you're like you can't use your gutters worst case scenario I'm going to use the rain system on the roof to catch it that's hands down my my go-to like if it's raining i'm gonna be trying to catch every single drop that yeah, catches on that I, roof
0: i don't even know if i have a, a <laughs> i don't even think i have a gutter system though that i could on my house that i could actually it's, utilize as like funneling it down mm-hmm. to some other catch yeah. right like a, a bucket or whatever i don't even think i have one so but i'd have to literally I have, just
1: find where it pours off the house and call it good i was like thinking I'm like okay i have a tarp there i have a tarp i'm on the boat i have A tarp covering up my archery hay bale setup. I was like, I'll string that up with paracord in the trees, let the rain catch there, and then somehow catch in a host system, and then hopefully figure out a way where that lands in a jug somewhere. Mm.
0: Tarps would be good. Mm. See, I'm still... There's
1: a a couple options. I've seen a cool little setup where... um, people actually put a plastic bag over a plant like a bush you tarp over it this this you can do in the summer it's perfect because the, the it's it's breathing in co2 and providing oxygen and that when it's breathing out it's actually it can be humidified and actually caught in the plastic particulate mm. as it's breathing and it'll if you so tie it, it, if so you tie it, it to the trunk, condensate. it'll condensate back. Interesting. So the plant enjoys it because it's got a nice little greenhouse effect. And then you actually can catch the water. So it's a chilling effect. And so I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Man, so There's different options yeah, There's to, like to a, There's water. like a
0: million. <laughs> uh, I literally looked over at your little Dude, that, I
1: brought that bushcraft... Yeah. manual out or like you have to poke through it yeah
0: no it's like you look at a book like that and you're like there's a million things in that book like skill sets and things to learn about and,
1: and all it is is and just providing and you with options yeah it's not saying what is the best option maybe a teepee shelter might be the best option maybe a, a frame setup might be there's like it's just giving you options of like what can work in the scenario that you're that you're hey
0: you're in the forest here's here's three different options of building building a shelter or hey you're doing this like here's an option of uh, you know here's a tried and true method of many that works for for uh firewood kindling or whatever yeah
1: yeah man all right, dude. Any closing thoughts? We've been at it for a minute. Yeah. No, I've, I... I, I've,
0: This one feels a little more successful to me. I don't know why. I feel like we've had some It's more pretty,
1: successful if we get people past
0: if we listening can, if we can get to people, the five-minute mark. Totally. It's more <laughs> successful if we get past five minutes, but I think it's also been some pretty... Uh, I think it's been some pretty rich conversation. Yeah. You know, kind of about, like life but then also kind of for fun talking about hey man do we build the bunker or not right so it's kind of part like recap in life and part like hey in terms of the apocalypse do we build the bunker or not right Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of a play into like the name of the show but uh, I don't know that I have any like real closing thoughts necessarily other than I think that there's some fun things that we've thought or talked through that would be fun to kind of play out yeah um, or maybe experiment in a little bit more. Um, and if anything, just gives myself some food for thought on, on kind of continuing to have the conversation, even just with myself of like, if we build the bunker, mm-hmm. it's really not just, do we build the bunker and the bunker represents anything that you want. It, yeah. It's the shed, it's the storage container. It's, it's, underground it's above ground it's like i don't really care what it is but the bunker is kind of a metaphor for you know in the event that you needed something did you do you have it yeah right and and so for me if anything this has really just kind of been food for thought for me to say hey it's not just build the bunker it's build the bunker means there's a lot of other questions and a lot of other things to think through and to, like, process and to learn about. Um, Because it's really, you know, it's easy to get gimmicky, and it's easy to say, like, you know, I jokingly said, like, I feel like I'm a crazy person. But, like, (laughs) it's really not even that. It's, like, in a a serious, kind of on a serious note, it's really saying, I'm thinking about things I maybe haven't thought before. Right? I'm thinking about... Would it be of benefit to do blank that I maybe never thought would be of benefit before? Yeah, and so it goes back
1: to when I was saying, like, I was making fun of my friend for being a prepper and a libertarian because at the time those seemed outrageous and outlandish concepts to even understand I wasn't even there yet and now I've gotten a little bit further down the road it's been 10 years and now I'm starting to like oh there's you value know you there. had some thought there Yeah, there's you right? <laughs> there's, there's a tell me more about you, how your how your bunker set up so yeah now I'm slowly starting to entertain what they were they were talking about when For it sure. came to their government ideologies or Uh, Just prepping in general, and and they're probably laughing, and I'm okay with it. So, but I, my my thought is, yeah, uh, two amateur disaster preppers gotta keep. We'll keep exploring. Yeah, Uh, and
0: and for those, we have to
1: we have to retouch (laughs) on the MRE challenge. Yep. Uh So that might be its own little series in itself. Coming up pretty soon, Uh, we're gonna have to look at options, Uh, but.
0: Yeah, and for those, and I don't remember in the beginning of the episode if we said anything remotely introduction wise, but this is episode two.
1: Yeah, this is episode two.
0: Episode two, and uh, we're Nick and Derek versus the apocalypse.
1: Yep. Keep tuning in, guys. Later. Peace.